You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Sunday. <laughs> Very confused for a moment. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground. Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And I am back in Michigan. That is why we did not have uh, the Friday podcast. I decided with uh, some of the things I needed to do before getting on a plane and then being on a plane all day. Uh, coming back to Michigan, I felt like, all right, let's push it to Saturday. And then Saturday, uh, I was just exhausted. I'm still pretty exhausted. I feel like, you, know, you spend two weeks out west and reacclimating to Eastern time. It's not a fun time. I tried my best. Anyway, this was since we didn't do the mailbag on Thursday because of all the Jim Harbaugh stuff by the time I got back from Disney. Um, it's uh, We're doing the mailbag. So it's the Michigan mailbag today. Let's go ahead and get into it with our leaders and best, starting with James Crudup at James Crudup 6. Do you believe Jim wants to be at Michigan long-term, or is he just using Michigan as a second choice of his tier one NFL jobs don't come calling? Do you think he knows or cares that this is a really bad look in recruiting and provides easy ammo for negative recruiting? Uh, I do think that Jim Harbaugh, I don't think he cares whether it's Michigan or the NFL. I think he just wants to feel the love, to be honest. Right, like when he got the pay cut, after the 2020 season, uh, I spoke to someone who with really, really, really great knowledge of what was going on when people were still before he had signed the contract and while people were still uh, saying he was NFL bound and whatever. And they said, like, you know, he's coming back to Michigan. He's he hasn't signed just because he's bummed out and he's just like crashing on a couch and being really uh petulant about the situation essentially so uh i think he just wants to feel the love right like look at what he's accomplished um there's only one other big 10 team that has been in this position where they've been in multiple college football playoffs uh and that's ohio state and uh the only current coach that matches that is ryan day was a one and two record against jim harbaugh so i think he's just he wants to feel the love and as far as uh, uh, I, I think that he he probably knows and doesn't care. This is a bad look in recruiting. Uh, I don't know if he knows. I, I just don't think he cares. To be honest, but it definitely provides easy ammo. It's a bad, bad situation. We'll get into more of it because that's pretty much what dominates this Michigan mailbag. Uh, Josh Barr at Jadicky, enjoying vacation. Well, I wish I was still back on it, even though it's tiring. I walked over 40 miles in three days. Um, I like doing Disney solo the way I do. And it's a little bit different being at Disneyland. It was my first time at Disneyland. Uh, but I'm a very, I'm very aggressive because when you go by yourself, you can be extremely nimble. When I've gone with Anthony Broom, it's pretty much the same because we are both of the same. We have the same hive mind when it comes to Disney. We, we know what we want to go on. We know when we want to go on it. We just are very aggressive about it when we've gone together. Um, but, uh, when you go on your own, you can make snap decisions and decide I'm going to go from one end to the other, with the drop of a hat. So it was a blast. I'm always really sad when I get back, especially because these always coincide with the season ending. Uh, would have been nice if, uh, it wasn't coinciding with that. If it was all right, now I've got another couple of days of work. Uh, but, um, it's, uh, it's always depressing to come back. It, I'll put it that way. 
My brother in metal, Michael Wolf at MWolf21, would you like to see JJ run more when coverages are good? Uh, did you like the offensive play calling throughout the year? Will college football ever get a permanent national officiating crew? I would like to see JJ run more in general. I think that that is an element that Michigan did not choose to exploit too often. And I understand why you had Blake Corum. It really worked in uh, in some games when they needed it. Penn State primarily, even though Blake Corum t- still existed, as did Donovan Edwards. Uh, but I think that that could be like the game changer. But they, I think that they need to deploy it a little more often. Not a lot more often, just a little more. I'd like to see him get between 5 and 10 carries a game. I don't know what he averaged offhand, but I'd like to see... Let's say seven and twelve carries a game. That's what I would like to see for JJ. He's a tough kid. I don't think I wouldn't worry that much about him getting popped or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and he, he makes smart decisions when he does run the football. But I would I would have more designed runs for him. Uh, as far as the offensive play calling throughout the year, it had its moments where I thought it was good, and it had its moments where I thought it was terrible. Guess to be expected with first year coordinators. Um, Early in the season, I say I would say the non-conference, I thought it was great. Big Ten had some moments where I thought it wasn't that good, and I thought it got to be great by the year's end, and I thought it was not great. It, it kind of was a microcosm, actually. There were moments when they were trying to come back against TCU where I thought it was excellent. I thought they dialed up some incredible things, but then there was, I think the play calling was a big part of why they lost that game, you know, and I think that that's... Uh, that's unfortunate. And as far as the uh, the officials, I, th- I think it's long past time, right? Like this is a multi-billion dollar business. And yet there, there's not full-time officials. Officiating can change the game. I mean, change the college football playoff for Michigan and for Ohio State multiple in multiple ways. So I think that they they really do need to have like a national officiating crew. There needs to be more accountability with the officiating. Um, let let me be clear: Michigan lost that game. They could do bad all by themselves, but the officiating didn't help. Right? You you get that touchdown, make it twenty one to ten, or have that call targeting at the end. We're maybe talking about a different outcome. Maybe I'm still in Southern California. Um, even though Michigan didn't necessarily deserve it by the way they played. Uh, Jimmy Whitner, Jimmy Whitner won. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. If Jim goes to the NFL and Sharon Moore is named head coach, do you think that would lead others to others leaving the staff? Uh, others would leave, but probably because they'd follow Jim to the NFL. Uh, I don't know how many people would stay and how many people would go, but that's an unknowable quantity right now. Number three, if we're in the market for a new coach who makes your short list, honestly, I don't even know. I mean, obviously that internal, whether it's Sharon, some colleagues that are uh, that have a pretty good idea of what's going on have said Mike Hart. Um, I, I don't know outside of that. Michigan would certainly have a lot of people that would be interested in the job that you would probably not expect to be. But I don't know who would necessarily who would be on my short list because honestly I'm not thinking about it. Um, well, let's see what's the the next one here. Uh, will going through this yet again hurt recruiting? Not if this gets wrapped up within the week. You have to keep in keep in mind this happened last year, late, late, late in the game. Jim Harbaugh 
we were sitting there saying like, oh, Harbaugh's not leaving. Harbaugh's not leaving. And National Signing Day, February, he's out there interviewing for a job. If it goes that far, yes, it will hurt recruiting in a big way. If if you want to get Jaden Davis, if you want to get Nicholas Harbor, who's still on the clock for 2023, uh, if you want to get Jamel Howard, if you want to get some of these guys, if you want to get some of these guys who are uh, on the fence about returning or not, you've got to get this wrapped up and it needs to happen in the next couple of days, one way or the other. So, yes, it has the capability of doing that. I don't think it's hurt it yet. It hurt it last year. No reason it wouldn't hurt it again this year. And then you got to do something with this contract to make it like this isn't going to be an every yearly thing if he is coming back. Finishing us out in segment one, Jonathan Joseph at J. Joseph 2156. Which freshman is this year's Mason Graham? Um, I am going to go with... It's hard to, to, to really say, say who it would be. I'm going to go with Jair Hill. I think he's got that skill set. He's already on campus. He's already practiced multiple times with the team. Uh, I think that he can be a plug-and-play guy uh, to some degree, just get acclimated, and I could see him being opposite Will Johnson uh, by year's end, especially with G.J. Turner moving on. We don't know yet about the Green Twins. Well, we don't know about Jamon. I think German's pretty much coming back. Um, but... Uh, I think that Jair Hill, there's an opportunity there because I think a lot of those other uh, secondary guys in the vaunted 2022 class are more safety types. So um, I am disappointed we haven't really seen some of those guys. We didn't really get to see like Zeke Berry break out. I thought he was going to be a guy that could be a year one guy. But um, I, I feel like a lot of those guys are going to be more year three guys and maybe safeties. So... All right, we've got so many more. This is we had more questions asked this time. I granted I eliminated a lot of the pointless ones, or including a couple that were outdated thanks to me waiting till Sunday. Uh, but look, we have a couple of things we're going to talk about. We will continue on in just a moment. But before we do that, looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fat and calories, and you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. Uh, If you are like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't even think that they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, which, I mean, I have my fair share of actual churros, including this delicious churro toffee. I digress. (laughs) <laughs> peanut butter rowdy, uh, which is one of my favorites. Coconut almond, another one of my favorites. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Puffs are just incredible, by the way. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so we have so many more questions. Let's just get into it. Jim at Jim in the North returns. Uh, let's see. Three to make up for last week. It seems to me the team is different without Corum. Edwards is great, but Corum sustains drives better, always getting positive yardage. Do you agree? It is different, but it's it's just a different style, right? Like, I think you've kind of hit on that, but it, it is different because Edwards, and this is, was kind of one of my fears, it, it didn't really matter in the Ohio State or Purdue games, weirdly, but it did in the TCU game, is not being able to go on, the, well, the kind of drive that Michigan did in the third quarter against Ohio State, where you're just grinding out like five, six yards a carry. Uh, just didn't work. Part of that is the way TCU played defense. Again, like I said, we it's not that I we underestimated the 3-3-5, underestimated their actual ability to deploy it against Michigan's offense. Um, but uh, I think that Corum, just by virtue of having that Haskins-esque-like ability, he's not necessarily falling forward for yards the way Haskins did, but he finds ways to make little cuts to get extra yardage consistently. Definitely a difference. Uh, whereas Edwards is a little bit more track speed type. Uh, is Harbaugh actually looking, or is this just he might take it if offered? It sounds like his agent is, now that he has one, is putting out feelers. There's a report from earlier today saying that the Panthers uh, did not initiate. It was the Harbaugh side. I, I still think it's he's not looking. I still think it's he might take it if offered, right? I think I think he's covering his bases given uh, the NCAA stuff, relationship with Michigan, a lot, you know the brass and all of that. Uh, it, I, I think that it's weird that he put out a statement, and this is still like kind of pushing forward that he's going to do a virtual interview with the Broncos. Again, I don't. I, I think this is all a leverage play, personally, but I could be wrong. Is there a major jump in talent between Michigan and teams like TCU, Georgia, and Michigan? Uh, we practically got ran off the field. They smash-mouthed us. I wouldn't say that. Like, there's not a – certainly Michigan has as much, if not more, talent than TCU. I think Michigan had an A, awful game plan, B, awful play calling in the worst opportune times, B, made mistakes at the most the least opportune times. Again, you gave them 28 points. Michigan gave TCU 28 points. More so, probably, because you had two pick sixes. There's 14. You had two times that you were inside the five or basically on the goal line. Basically, you know, the two or inside the two were better, and you gave them the ball back instead of coming away with points. You had another time you were inside the five and went for a field goal instead of kicking a t- or for going for a touchdown or getting a touchdown. So, I mean, you could say that Michigan gave them 32 points. In one way or another. Or it's a 32-point swing. So, um, I think that if Michigan would have played Georgia, they had a great chance. That's what's going to make this a difficult year. What happened to the defense? They got bullied. I thought TCU might outspeed us, but not flat-out beat us up. Was it bad scheme or players not matching up well? Well, it was players not making plays, like the missed tackle by DJ Turner. 
Max Duggan being a gamer, they had him dead to rights twice, and both times he, while falling down, threw the ball and got touchdowns. It's just sometimes it's not your day, <laughs> you know? And I thought it was a bad game plan by Jesse Minter. They they went after Max Duggan instead of doing what I think they should have done, which was the Ohio State strategy. Keep everything in front of you. TCU was really no no different in terms of the way that they were going to play football. Keep everything in front of you. You're going to you, you know make them work for it. But they didn't do that. I don't understand why, because that's what we said going into the game. And then they did something different and they got beat. So it is what it is. Mark Z at Mark Zimke, what is your favorite Metallica song to play on guitar? Uh, as an adult, because I don't play a lot anymore, uh, maybe a couple times a year, I always play Nothing Else Matters. That's something I learned more in my adult life, the the actual rhythm parts, the acoustic stuff. I never was able to do finger picking uh, until a little bit more recently, and, and that's really the only one I can do. Uh, I think it's, it's beautiful. It became a lot easier than I thought, just because it just, never made sense to me. I was more of a lead guy until I got went through my corn phase. Um, and before that would probably be struggle within the solo. Like that, that was a fun, fun solo. It's just, it's, it's very dynamic. I, I read your question while walking around Disney and I was just like head struggle within stuck in my head after that. And I was just reminiscing and how, how much fun that solo was. I remember the first time I learned to play it, I called a buddy up on the phone and I was just mangling it, but he was like, they were like, yeah, yeah. And it was just fun. That was back in high school. Uh, Anton says me to Mangala at says me to Mangala. No question this week. Just hello from Disney world. Are you saying hello that you were saying hello from Disney world that you were at Disney world while I was at Disneyland? Or are you saying hi to me while I was at Disneyland? Cause if you're at Disney world, I'm envious. I definitely liked world better than land. Um, Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore. I'm just sad. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, especially if you're in the Midwest, football season's over. It's no longer warm. It's cold. It's depressing outside. You got to go to basketball, which I, that's to me. Basketball would probably be more fun, I think, if it happened in like the, the summer months. Like you go into a game and it's nice and warm out, but instead it's like it's miserable. You're walking from your car. The arena, it, everything's just, it's right after football. Everything just feels sad, personally, until March, and then it's exciting again. Perry Mitchell at Perry Mitchell 08. A question you'll answer in tonight's podcast, or apparently from a couple podcasts ago. Who is a replacement should Harbaugh League, and who goes with him? I have no idea who would go with him. Matt Weiss would be an obvious one. I'm sure he'd try to lure Sharon, but Sharon would probably, I, I don't know if Sharon or Mike Hart would necessarily be the guy. I kind of feel like that would be the way Michigan would go. Mike Hart really seems like an obvious one if Ward Manuel continues his kind of the way that he tends to do these things. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know who all would necessarily go. I would imagine Minter would probably go. Uh, I, I feel like Hilo would stay. Elston would stay. Clinkscale would probably go if Harbaugh asked um Jay Harbaugh obviously would go Bellamy feels like he would stay and um who am I missing Grant Newsom would they would probably go that's my guess AJK4UM does he stay or does he go Daniel shoots at D shoots at uh, one 
is he leaving or staying? Again, if I had to put money on, on it, I have not put money on it, but if I, if I had to, I would put uh, and on him staying. My boss, who has no ins uh, at, Wolf, at uh, USA Today, he thinks he's going to the Broncos. He said that before the interview stuff. I said, I really don't think so, man. <laughs> I do not think so at all. Um, I'd put money on him staying. I think this is all a leverage play. I think Michigan gets it done. I think it would be foolish if Michigan didn't do everything it could to retain him. I don't think you want to wander through the wilderness anymore, but the, you need to, whatever you do here, you have to make it like, this is it. You're done doing this. No more of this. Maybe, maybe I'm going to look around stuff. It has to just be done because you can't go through this every year. James Kovalevsky at Coach Kovo. I know you were a big fan of TCU linebacker Johnny Hodges. He said something effective once uh, they went for a trick play on fourth down. We knew we had them. Do you see any signs coming in that Michigan felt that early on or coming in that a consistent run game would be so tough? No, actually, I think it was all of that was hubris, including the fourth down. And I think that I don't think that that was at all. I think that that unfortunately did give TCU the confidence because I think that after Donovan Edwards ripped off a big one, Michigan just punches and punches it in. And I, I think that that's, that's a backbreaker right out of the gates. I think, think when you look at some of those teams that they pummeled like Penn state, Michigan went for it like a fourth and or, you know, from one yard line multiple times, just running it until they scored. And to me, that is the type of statement Michigan is often made, and that's what breaks your back. So I think that he, there's some credence to that from what he said, but not in the same way that he's thinking. I think Michigan getting cute gave them life for that reason, because they could sit there and think that. Whereas if Michigan just pounded them up the middle, if Michigan does score, then they're like, okay, we can't do it against these guys. Jacob Shavaria at Shavaria. 11 years, 132 million with the buyout so high, no one would touch him for the next eight years. Why isn't Michigan offered that? Jim has already said he's returning. Why would he break his word or would he break his word? Why are people so high on more as a replacement? Michigan can get almost anyone they want. Um, For more, I think it's just up and comer. It keeps the consistency. People think, obviously, if you lose half the staff, maybe it's not as consistent as you thought. I don't know. I'm, I think Michigan might just be being cheap. I thought they were being cheap already by not giving him like the first contract was pretty good. He was one of the highest paid coaches in college. Now he's really proven it. So now it's time to really ante up. And for some reason, I think Michigan's being cheap, kind of like NIL stuff, right? Like just I think Michigan's not thinking clearly. LG Hale put it kind of perfectly. Give him 15 million a year. He's worth at least that. Right? He brings in way, way more than that himself on a yearly basis. So give it to him. Zanland, I'm oh, sorry, Zan at Zanland. Am I crazy or does it seem, uh, seem like given his one and six bowl record, Harbaugh's Achilles heel is having too much time to prepare for an opponent and overthinking things. Give him a week and he's one of the best, but more than that, not so much. Well, Ohio State, the last two years, they've prepared for them all year. So that's not the case, but 
I do think that there was certainly a lot of overthinking, but this this is the only year in a bowl game where I, I look at it and say failure. Really? Because 2015, they won. That's his one. 2016, Michigan didn't want to be there. 2017, Michigan didn't want to be there. 2018, Michigan really didn't want to be there. They thought they had that thing in the bag. Same thing with 2016. Uh, 2019, they wanted to prove themselves up to uh, going up against Alabama. Alabama still is just better. No bowl game in 2020. 2021 was against Georgia. So this is the only time where I think Michigan went into a game where it should have won and it just didn't, honestly. So Ike Hamlin at Hamstand, 87. Is Tuck still coming? We'll see. I think it's pretty ridiculous. I left this in because it's ridiculous what uh, Tom Izzo said after the game yesterday. We won this for Mel. Like, you need to take a step back and recognize that you you guys were the baddies there, man. So, anyway. Cam Clark at Cam Clark 25. Will Ward Manuel ever be held accountable for how awful he is at his job? I do not think he is awful at his job. I, I don't know where that narrative is coming from. He has presided over kind of a golden age of Michigan athletics where all all of them are doing a really good job. I think that people are too hyper-focused on NIL, which makes sense because that's the world is changing around us. Ohio State's in the same scenario. No one's going to ever say that Gene Smith is a terrible AD. <laughs> like, he's one of the best. I think Ward is given a lot of he's made some mistakes the Mel Pearson stuff more so like the fact that Mel Pearson got let go after Ward kind of dragged his feet some of those things you know some people are starting to say you know he's bad because of Juwan's not looking as good these last two years um that's I think more on Juwan and roster management than anything but I don't think that Ward Manuel's a bad AD at all. I think he's done what an AD is supposed to do. He's elevated sport, all sports. He's brought in a lot of money for athletics. He's, to this point, has retained Jim Harbaugh. Even though, and we'll get to it in a minute, but there's some, some, you know, maybe some negatives there. But I do not think he is a bad AD by any stretch. I think that the people that think that is just because football doesn't look exactly what they want it to look like. And I know there's some people that will say some other things here and there, but I, I do not think that he's a bad AD. Granted, I am biased, as you know, but regardless. Uh, Adam Casel at Adam underscore Casel finishing us out in segment two. Basketball, what do you make of this year's team up and down performance? They just don't have shooters. They just don't have a guy like yesterday's game against MSU. Yeah, Buffkin finally came on. Hunter Dickinson finally came on. But they, what they needed was when MSU was starting to find a way to score, they didn't have a guy that they could go to. Someone pointed out on Twitter that Imani, Imani Bates would have really been really helpful. I agree. It would have been really helpful to have a guy that could go and do that. If they had him on the roster... And I thought Joey Baker was going to maybe be that guy and has not been. Obviously, it hurts not having um, Jalen Llewellyn anymore, too. Not that he's a scorer, but losing your starting point guard isn't going to help. It's just I think it's a roster in flux. 
defensively, they are looking better and better. Still had some lapses at inopportune times yesterday. Football, what are the top two storylines you're watching during spring ball? I don't know. Because we don't know what this team's going to look like. Jim Harbaugh, I assume, is going to be the coach. I assume you're going to retain most, if not all, of your coaches, if that is the case. If he comes back, does Blake Corum, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, Cornelius Johnson, do those guys come back? Do they add anyone in the 2023 class? There's so many different things there. Uh, So I don't know. Ask me in a month. All right, we are going to continue on here in just a moment. All right, so many questions in our third one, so we're going to rapid-fire these as always. Uh, Andrew Lyle at a Lyle 21 I saw a tweet where it said there's real beef between Jim and Ward. Is that a thing or just some nonsense? Uh, I, I do, do think that they don't have the best of relationships. I don't know why. I know it was really good um, a couple years ago. I don't know why it isn't now, but that's what I've heard. Granted, I've, you know, I see them talking all the time. Before games, saw them talking at practice. They look congenial. They look fine. But um, I, I don't know if it was the 2020 stuff where Jim was just adamant about wanting to play. Lissell wasn't. And Ward was kind of caught in between. I'm not really sure. That and the contract, I'm sure that was offered after 2020, which Jim can complain all he wants about that. He earned that bad contract that year. He just did. Nate Asper at Nate underscore Asper. If Blake comes back, what is the distribution of carries look like for him and Edwards? Is it 50 50? I'd say more like 60 40, but it certainly would be a lot more even. Michigan hasn't had an offensive skill position player drafted in the first round since Braylon Edwards in the 2005 NFL draft. Is the player uh, to break that streak on the roster? JJ Edwards Loveland. It's hard to, to predict. I mean, I guess tight ends tend to go in the first round. Loveland certainly could be that guy. Running backs almost never are. JJ, I think, very well could be. Um, Outside of that, maybe one of those other receivers breaks out. Roman Wilson, I think, has the talent to be that guy, and we saw it in the college football playoff, but, man, we it was a long stretch. <laughs> uh, it just needs some consistency. But the guy with that type of speed and ability... I, I think in a large part, though, it's part of the way that Michigan plays the part uh, versus the way the NFL plays, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a guy, that guy's on the roster or not, but if they, JJ would probably be my bet there. Edwards, I think, would be tantalizing to some people if he can be a little bit more consistent at uh, getting a good yardage per carry, or we'll see what it, when he's healthy, uh, if him being able to catch the ball and how they deploy him that way, how much that changes things. Nick Aaron at Nick Aaron 27. What is Michigan's current? Uh, what is currently Michigan's biggest weakness heading into next season? Uncertainty across the board. Uncertainty. I'm gonna leave it at that. Jim Winkle at Jim Winkle three. Why has other jobs slash destination rumors hurt Jim Harbaugh more than say J- James Franklin at Penn State? Because Jim Harbaugh is a firebrand. Michigan drives headlines and attention. Penn State does not. That's why. Matthew Van Epps at Matt Van Epps. I went to the basketball game on Sunday. Everyone played but Jace. What's going on? Well, he played less, uh, yesterday. Um, I don't know. Maybe he had some kind of injury or something like that. TJ at T Jenks. 
Uh, replacement for Harbaugh if he leaves. Um, again, probably Sharon Moore or Mike Hart, but I could see there being some a big name out there that we're not even thinking of. I don't know who that would be right now. It just doesn't seem like there's like that big name out there, but I'd worst case scenario if for Michigan, if Harbaugh has gone personally, I don't know that there's anyone else that can come in and suddenly keep things at the same level. Uh, Scott at medium bumble trying to think of a not so hot takey way to ask about the postseason struggles for Michigan, both now and historically is the result of emphasis, preparation, or something else that has Wolverines with just one BCS New Year's Six Bowl win since Brady's Alabama Thriller in the 2000 Orange Bowl. Uh, honestly, it's just, it's, I, I'll go over it again. I know I already did, but uh, 2015 was the only time where it's like these guys were excited to play in that game other than the last, well, the last three bowl games, yes. But Michigan needed a good performance from Shea Patterson against Alabama because Alabama was still Alabama and they didn't get it. Um, and you know, Shea's my boy, but I, you know, that offense did not look good. The defense weirdly did. I expected it to go the other way as did Michigan actually. Um, 2021 was Georgia. No one was going to beat Georgia. Not again. Uh, and then this year is the only one when I look at as a failure, but a lot of these other years that Michigan has been in bowl games, the players haven't wanted to be there. They that was a letdown game that they were in. You can add, you know, look at every South Carolina game that they've played in. Uh, you can look at um, the obviously the one BCS uh, win that we're discussing here that they won was Virginia Tech. That was obviously a, a one where they were uh, excited to be there uh, and everything, a somewhat lackluster opponent. And uh, I think that when you look at like the the Rose Bowl. After the 2006 season, Michigan didn't want to be there. Look at the Rose Bowl in uh, the Rose Bowls against USC in and Texas. Before that, uh, I think that they're. I don't know. Some of it was just not being able to close out games. So yeah, Trent Weller at Wolverback position next year with the best and worst depth. Offensive line is the best. Um, I still don't feel great about the linebacker depth. MSC at MSC Gaming 4. Do we beat OSU again? I think if if everything plays out the way I think it will, Jim Harbaugh, the staff, not a lot of attrition, some guys coming back. Yes, I do think that they'll beat Ohio State a third straight year. Believe it or not. Wild to say that. Schrodinger's cat at Freidenberg Mark. Why do we always underperform in bowl games? Uh, it's a decade-long issue. I just want to end each year with a win for a change. Um, yeah, with you there. Obviously, I'd just uh, address that. Conlon at Conlon 3532 updates on Blake Corum. Still sounds 50-50. Michigan uh, Valiant Management just announced uh, the One More Year Fund. Um, Obviously, if Corum had his heart set on going to the NFL right away, he would have done it by now, and he hasn't. Same with all those other guys that they're targeting. So as far as his health, he's back to working out. Uh, Not full working out, but he posted an Instagram story, I believe, where he was – starting to kind of get in preliminary workouts. So physical therapy style. Uh, Michael at Michael 919-89780. The gym's continuing flirtation with the NFL. Do you think it would be in the best interest of U of M football for Harbaugh and Michigan to go their separate ways? Jim seems destined to return to the NFL at some point. The staff still has really solid in-house options available. No, I don't think that's a... If you can have a coach that is of the caliber of Jim Harbaugh, 
chances are that not having that coach is not a good thing for you. Look at Ohio State with Ryan Day compared to Urban Meyer. Granted, Ryan Day's done pretty well, but it's... And, and, you know, I don't know that Michigan necessarily, Sharon Moore, Mike Hart is of is the Ryan Day-esque type in that sense. But, no, I don't think it's... You don't want to lose the thing that you know is doing well. Like, right now, Michigan's humming. Not in recruiting, but it's humming otherwise. So, I, I don't think that's a good thing. Corey at CKivik67, how do you feel if Jim actually leaves? If, um... Uh, you ask more, but it's the same stuff we've treaded. I don't think I would feel very good about the direction of Michigan unless somehow they found some kind of crazy home run hire. Again, I don't know who that hire would be. I, I There's no one out there that I look at and say, perfect fit. You know, you keep the nucleus together. Recruits are going to start really coming in. There's no one out there that I'm looking at. Right now, it's just there isn't that up-and-comer that you'd feel good about. Um, or established guy that would make that transition from the program that they're already at. Justin Rivord at Justin Rivord. I don't know if it's Rivord or Rivord, so I went both ways. If Harbaugh does end up going to the NFL, okay, same thing. I should have just grouped all these together, and I tried to do that earlier, and then when I, I got overwhelmed with how many questions there were. Uh, B. Blake, at Other Ways Stupid, a little change of pace from Harbaugh in recruiting. I'd love to hear about your career such as how you hooked up with Locked On, different roles you've had covering the team, how those came about, as well as your most and least favorite thing about your job. Uh, favorite thing about the job is always game day. Um, going to the games, that's always my favorite part. Um, my least favorite is probably any rivalry week, dealing with rival fans, being all up in my mentions, uh, including or even negative Michigan fans. Especially when something is going a different way than the perception. 2017 rings a bell. Uh, when people were really upset after the first couple games about Wilton Spate. And the problem was the offensive line. And it took like six games before what I was saying caught up to the public. Uh, so, um, yeah. Granted, he didn't play six games. He played just over three. Uh, as far as how I got into, I mean, that's a long, long story to get into the whole thing there. I have a podcast about it. Maybe I'll do another one this week cause we'll have some, but I'll give you the super short of it. Um, I worked in Hollywood initially. Uh, I came back as I thought it was to put it short, like kind of evil. <laughs> and, uh, I felt like I was losing my soul, worked in politics, felt the same way. Um, bartended for a little while while I tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Thought I wanted to go into advertising, bought a DSLR for the first time to replace my old Sony video camera, started taking photos instead of videos, put myself out there to everyone that would listen. Steve Lorenz ended up uh, asking me to intern for 24 seven sports, said that he was hoping that they'd hire a writer. wasn't speaking about me. I started writing, going to press conferences, 24-7 Sports hired me. I was there for a couple of years, bought Scout, uh, and then they merged us, and I was a casualty of having too big of a staff, Was only uh, didn't even have to look for another job, got approached uh, with, within two weeks by uh, USA Today, started Wolverine's Wire. That wasn't even off the ground and got approached by Locked On, asked if I wanted to start a podcast. I waffled for a minute. They offered someone else. 
that then thankfully for me, they there there was a conflict of interest, and I accepted it, and that's where we're at. Uh, we'll do a whole no, whole other podcast on that this week, just uh, as a refresher with my whole journey. Um, appreciate it though, Michael Montembeau. Montembeau, I don't know how to say that at M Montembeau. Why does it seem like Harbaugh doesn't trust JJ to throw the ball in the red zone? We never run red zone plays like other elite programs. So they have. They did in the Big Ten championship game. Um, they kind of went away from it, though, in the uh, after he threw that interception in the Indiana game. So I don't know. They, they tend to do that, right? You make one mistake of a certain variety, sometimes they'll go back to it. Isaiah Gash against Illinois. Sometimes they don't go back to it at all, like uh, CJ Stokes for multiple weeks. Brian CK at Brian CK and Troy with NFL Specter again this year. Should Michigan just be, uh, begin effort to move on from Harbaugh, regardless if he leaves like immediately? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Y'all are way too much in your feelings about this. PK at PK Toma. Did TCU watch RRR before the game? That's hilarious. And if you haven't seen RRR, it's an amazing Indian movie on Netflix. I need to watch it now that they have English dubbing, which I haven't rewatched it that way. But it's uh, it's very hyper fantastical with a lot of like I am hyper motivated. It is absolutely incredible, and it kind of feels that way because they felt like they performed that way, the way that that movie went. Shane at Seamus O nine fourteen. Do you think there will be an emphasis on diversifying the offense next year? Feel like give Corum 30 carries a week mindset has to go trust your QB. Man, I hope so. Thought it was going to happen this year, and I think it bit you a little bit with Cor- when, once Corum went out. Didn't in Ohio State, and it didn't in Purdue, but it did in the college football playoff. You need to have a little bit more of a diversified attack sometimes. Uh, e smiley at smiley, Eric 13. After all these years, one thing that seems consistent is Michigan's non-creative offensive play calling. Why does our offense seem to struggle with this? They're plenty creative. Any, any other team will tell you that they're very creative. The problem is, is what works versus what doesn't sometimes is the non-creative, but they're very creative. Even just with the way that, um, the way that sometimes dive plays and stuff are set up. The plays are set up. Um, it's they're very creative, but they I feel like they need to be more more creative at times and less creative in others, if that makes any sense. Finishing us out, Paul H. Lauren at Paul H. Lauren. What do you know about NIL? Are these portal people taking their money and running, assuming it's upfront stuff? I haven't really done much into it. I don't really I mean I don't know. I, I've tried to let the everything kind of settle before I've kind of gotten really into the, the fray there. That's certainly a part of it, I'm sure. But it's uh, it's a wild west right now, which is what makes it so much more ridiculous that uh, the NCAA is going to come down hard on Michigan. for it's, it's disingenuous to say it's about hamburgers, but about Jim Har- Harbaugh lying about ham- hamburgers, really. It is the same exact deal. As Tatgate. It's crazy. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, Monday. We're going to have a six-day week deal. Uh, who knows that, that what, we'll, uh, what we'll talk about all week. I'm sure we'll have a little bit more of a transition into basketball. But uh, anyway, thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. Peace.